welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. Um, when you take random stabs at royalty-free music, sometimes that's what you're going to get right there. So, um, it's been a little while since we got the trio back together to do this. Um, no podcast last week. It's, um... We had Eddie on week 11, and I think it's been since the trade deadline, since it was the three of us when uh, Le'Veon Bell got moved for Mike Williams in the famous uh, famous trade. So, joining me tonight, um, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home. Great to be back, Matt. Happy to have you, and uh, Phil Bruce from the Seawolves. Thanks, Matt. Still feeling the ripple effects from that blockbuster live on-air trade. Curious to see what that may have done to our subscribers on, on iTunes. Do, do we see maybe three, four time increase? No, I didn't. I haven't checked the stats. I appreciate you always asking me that, though. I feel like you're the only yeah, one. Maybe, maybe we should let it. You're the only one in the league that cares about our viewership numbers. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked to find out that more than two people in the league listen to it every week, so... <laughs> yeah, well, that's what drives ad dollars. So if we want to get a real advertiser, that's what we're going to need to drive up. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as concerned about making money on the podcast as I'm um, with making money off all you guys through the 13 week regular season. So that's all. I made my donation this year. You did. You did. And you also have. Uh, trivia tonight. I think we have two questions, one from each of you. Can't wait to see what kind of backhanded compliment you give in your trivia question, Phil. Yeah, backhanded compliment, so, slash, pad myself on on the back with this one. So, on Sunday, Juju Smith-Schuster is expected, he he needs, I think, 18 yards, or 28 yards, excuse me, to hit the 2,000-yard career yard mark um when he does that he's going to be 22 years old uh, and 10 days why that's important is he's going to be the youngest ever to hit 2,000 yards so my question to you guys is five in total number one being juju through the age of 22 years and 10 days who or which wide receivers have eclipsed the most, most yards? So nobody's done 2,000 yards outside of Juju. Who is the remaining top five? So it's two through five through that age that were young in the NFL that have come close to hitting 2,000 yards. Wow. Now, um, two of them I think are pretty obvious. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But the other two, I was a little bit surprised by. Wow. Uh, man. So you had to come into the league and be a star. I will go with um, Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. No, not in the top five. Okay. Well... Top five. God, he's super young still, too. Now, o- Odell is 
was born in 92. Yeah, he's also been in the league four years, so four or five. All right, when he entered the league, he was 22. Okay. Maybe I still don't fully understand the question. All right. Um, so it's, it's got to be guys that came out, obviously their junior year, but also had like that Juco phenomenon that maybe they entered college a year early. So it's, it's basically just the, the younger guys that have put up significant yardage in the NFL. Okay. Uh, Landry. He was pretty young, I feel like. No. Go fish. Randy Moss. Number two, Randy <laughs> Moss. So Juju has 2,000. Randy Moss had 1,313. I thought he was one of the obvious ones. There's one more that's obvious because everybody always talks about how young he is. Everyone always talks about how young he is. Cause this guy at one time was very near and dear to your heart. Well, I was gonna guess maybe Julio. No. But I don't think he was good. But near and dear to my heart. Um, Brandon Cooks. Nope. Good guess though. Near and dear to my heart. Evans. Mike Evans is number four with one thousand. And 51 yards. I was surprised to see Mike Evans on there. I don't think of people who were young when they came out. Yeah. <laughs> Not a very big list. Demarius Thomas. Mike, Evan, Mike Evans is number four, and he is half of what Juju has. Demarius Thomas age. was young, I want to say. No, not Demarius. There's one that you. Oh, God. They, every, like, I feel like every NFL broadcast, they talk about, hey, like, don't give up on him yet. He's still so young. Oh, Devontae Parker. No. No. <laughs> no. All right, I'm, I'm going to give you guys both one more guess each. Bad question. I'm out. Okay. Got nothing left, man. Amari Cooper, number oh, three. Oh, yeah. That's the guy that everybody's like, oh, when he came in, he was pretty much Juju's age. So he's yeah. number three. He has 1,070. He said Mike Evans. Number five, I was surprised to see Keenan Allen with 1,046. Okay. So I, I thought Randy and, and Amari were the ones that were no-brainers. Um, but obviously, I, I, I stumped two Schwabs here tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, Shane, you also have trivia. I feel the same wavelength tonight, Phil, because this week's trivia got to be some wide receiver trivia. Stick at the running backs. Stick at how good Taj's team is with running backs. Um Switch it up. We're going to go something more Taj isn't that good. Wide receiver. <laughs> he is the best team in the league. You saw Fegley's stats. Well documented how how Kaz is weak at wide receiver on this podcast. Um, <laughs> anyway, Adam Thielen is on pace for 136 receptions this year, which would tie the record among active players. My question to you, though, there are 13 players this year that are on pace for over 100 receiving receptions. But there are also 13 active players who have ever even had 100 receptions in a season. I'm looking for those 13 players. So you're looking for the 13 active players who have had right now that have had 100, not necessarily that are on pace for 100 this season. Yeah, I just thought it was ironic that there's actually 13 that are on pace for it just this year alone. Yeah. That's how I'm getting it. 
I will go Antonio Brown. He has done it five times. And Thielen would tie his... He has had 136. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has also done it five times. 109 was his move. I'm going to go with Brandon Marshall. Very good, Phil. Brandon Marshall is actually the most times of active players. Done it six times. Wow. 118 was his move. I uh, gotta go with Julio Jones. Julio Jones done it twice, 136 as well with Antonio in the same season. How about AJ Green? AJ Green has never had a hundred. <laughs> wow. You can uh, you can delete that cell you just filled in on the spreadsheet, Phil, because it's a wrong answer. Um. I'm going to say Mike Evans. Mike Evans has never had 100 receptions in a second. Dude, that one year he got targeted like 200 times. Sweet catch, sweet catch rate, bro. Let's see here, Mike Evans. Adrian Green had 98 in 2013. Ugh. Evans, I'm not even seeing anywhere. Well, then he really was terrible in 2016 because <laughs> he literally got targeted like 180 times that season. So he's not good at football. You shouldn't. He got 173 targets. He caught 96 of them. 96? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to go with Jordy Nelson. Ew. Jordy Nelson has never had 100 receptions in a season. Damn it. I think Jarvis Landry's on that list, though. Jarvis did it twice. Yeah. His motor one twelve. See, I have good receivers. <laughs> Let's go, Corey Davis. Shockingly, <laughs> <laughs> not on the list. Corey Davis has a high of twenty. <laughs> twenty points last week in the dub. I know that. I saw that. I'm like, man, we all laughed. We all laughed when he drafted Corey Davis. Yep. All of us. Hey, if he wins you one week, he's worth the price. <laughs> all right, some big names still out there, guys. Come on. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to actually guess somebody. Did Edelman ever make 100? That sounds like a question more than an answer to me. But I'll, I'll go with Edelman. Jordan Edelman did it once at 105 catches in a season. Nice. Um, Demarius Thomas, did I say him yet? You didn't, but you can. Yes. He's done it Demarius had two seasons. 111 was the most he's ever had. How about DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins did it once. He had 111. 
<clears throat> Alshon Jeffrey. Tom Jeffrey's never had a hundred receptions in it. I know. Uh, I guess. What, what, what's his high? of Mount Union, Ohio, Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon, 113 catches that one season. In Washington. Fourth, fourth best season of active players. Well, other than Antonio having more than that a couple times. <laughs> very good, very good pull, cause. I owned him that year in the Sister Ida League, so... Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas did it last year. 104 catches. Um, the, how about the second Bash brother in the Steel Curtain receiving core? <laughs> oh, Manny. Sanders. Yeah. Good, pretty good question. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, 13 guys on pace just this year alone. <laughs> but two of them are running backs. I mean, McCaffrey and Barkley are both on pace for it. Oh, wow. Uh, just ridiculous how much, much the ball's in the air nowadays. Well, I did see, um, I think on Twitter or Instagram tonight, um, all five of the, the top five wide receivers in yards are already over a thousand and only two running backs are over a thousand so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone after Mike Evans is over a thousand, or if it's just those five, but um kinda crazy. Yeah. Alright, so next on the agenda we're gonna go over uh the standings. Um the Favre has been clinched officially as of last week. Uh, Curtin also in the playoffs at 9-3. and three. Uh, The Weevils, I believe, have clinched their berth. Um, Team Ice Cream and the Clan uh, also, I believe, have clinched their playoff berths. And then the last spot and some seating is still up for grabs. Um, so Shane, I will give that to you, give you the floor here. I haven't broken the news to any of the, uh, people that are 
playing for that last playoff spot based on what we discussed because Phil was the only one kind enough to answer the group message. Um, so why don't you go ahead and fill us in on where we're at in terms of playoff scenarios. Pretty pretty cut and dry. I mean, right now I mean, we have five spots locked up and then we have three teams fighting for that last and sixth final playoff spot, um, which is Fleetwood franchise, the Mixed Mad Dogs, and the Hammer still alive for, for the spot number six. And, I mean, technically, I guess I, mean, I will get the, the scenario piece out by t- tomorrow sometime um, just for seeding and stuff, but I, I'm not sure if Ty and, and Mick can, can adjust their playoff seeding at all or if they're locked into the five or six. But um, basically it comes down to if Ty wins – this week he's in. Um, if he loses and Mick wins, he's in. And if he loses and Butler wins, Butler's in. Yeah, so, so Ty Ty cannot lose and get in. Correct. If he wins, he's in. Yeah. If he loses, then the winner of Mick Butler would get in. Yeah. Um, I know there's some seating up for grabs because I think there's a way that Bull could still be the sixth seed um, and open up with Eddie. I think Eddie's locked into that three seed. Um, but when I was looking at it on Monday or Tuesday, I believe there's still a way for Bull to get to get the sixth seed. Because <clears throat> um, I think that would be worst case for Eddie. I don't think he wants to. I don't think you want to square up a bowl in the first round. That team's really come into come into form. Um, not that you'd want to necessarily play Ty's team either. If Ty gets in, um, I think you'd have to, if you're going to be the three seed, hope that the Mad Dogs or the Hammer sneak in the back door there. Yeah. Yeah, I would think you would want to play one of those two teams. They've been two of the worst teams all year, but still alive <laughs> for the play. Yeah. You you had that worst spot most of the year, um, according to Fegley's metrics. I did. How'd that make you feel? Not till the last couple of weeks where I started putting up some serious points. <laughs> I was surprised by that. I didn't feel like your team was that bad all year, though. I had a couple bad weeks. I mean, I was pretty pretty good early on, but I had a couple bad weeks in the middle there. Yeah, I saw there were a couple weeks in the middle that you were under 100. And that's not going to cut it. The the uh, the Desert Dogs have not been under 100 points yet this year, in case you guys didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know why we don't have any subscribers. <laughs> but um, wow. I thought Eddie made a good point on, on the last podcast. And, you know, he, he sort of said with the Seawolves and my team that it happens every year to somebody, right? Um, I, I think for the most part the team is fighting for the playoff spot are the ones that deserve to be there but we have the outliers so I, I think I'm an outlier if you look at Eddie and I we're separated by six points over the course of the entire season and that's with me selling off two of my assets at the deadline to get draft cash so I think I'm an outlier I think Eddie's an outlier at, at, at nine and three but still deserves to, to, to be in the playoff hunt for sure um when everything evens out, but I, you know, I, I think it's been a pretty good season overall. 
Yeah, you've definitely been an outlier. Um, you've been the unluckiest of all the of all the teams in terms of um, what you've actually produced compared to what you've what you've given up in terms of your opponents. Um, I think you were probably what seventh on the the list that that Fedley provided us, and you have the you're tied for the worst record in the league um, with a significantly higher point total, but. Yeah, it, I guess it does happen every year to someone. Um, I don't think I've ever... I feel like it's usually designated for bowl. Um, yeah, it's been bowl. It's been bowl at least like two out of the three years, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize either, like, because you kept losing, that you actually, <laughs> actually had a decent team throughout the year. Like, but... I mean, for most of the year... It happens, right? I mean, it's it, it, it happens. I, I had a, a good point total, but I didn't have the high. It's not like I had the highest points in the league and I got screwed. I have, you know, the whatever it is. I have the third highest and the far or whatever it was at the deadline before I sold. I had the third highest in the division. I can't say like, oh man, this was such a travesty. I I, I still could have scored more points. You know, it's not like I had Kaza's point total and I was three and nine. Um, but still, I probably deserved a, a better result than what I got but again it, typically that stuff evens out over the course of the season in this case it doesn't and it happens to, to one team every year um, and I think I've owned it and I've probably used enough air time to voice my grievance with it so you know, it's time to move on and, and focus on the teams that are playing I will say that the Steel Curtain uh, 12 games away from tying the streak they've won 6 straight over in uh, over in Curtinville, so twelve. I have a whole lot of the, the standing as much as I usually do this year, but God, gosh, goddamn! I mean, how lucky! I mean, I know your team has been incredible, but I mean, it's it's funny to like how the disparity of the points given up for you and Eddie against everyone else, like twelve oh seven, you've given up twelve oh twelve oh eight, Eddie twelve fifty, and then like no one's even in the the neighborhood. Kaz will say to that that you can't play yourself, so that's why that's why his points against are so low because he can't play himself and he scores so many. No, I mean I think Kaz, no, I I think we all feel that Kaz has had the best team all year. There's no denying that, but it's just I mean the disparity in points against is pretty significant. I did um I did look it up because I was trying to figure out if I had as good a team as I thought I was after Phil told me he would be like. Nine and three or eight and four with my with my schedule. Um, I did want to let you know, Phil. I think I would be eight and four or nine and three if I had your schedule and you're three and nine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I just acknowledged that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you did or not, but it made me feel b- better about my team, uh, despite the fact that I have had a cupcake schedule and everyone seems to have their their worst week against me so you just won like 30 in a row why do you need to feel better about your team because i wanted (laughs) because i know it's a head-to-head league and it's not it's not perfect that the best team always wins the most so all right let's get into the week 13 matchups the final week of the regular season 
I'm going to do this in uh, order of importance of the games. Um, except for, I guess I put me and Shane first instead of Seawolves Patriots. But Dogs and Teabag, um, when I originally set the schedule, I was hoping this would be um, a battle for Shane needing to win this one to get into the playoffs. So that was, that was my thought process when I was setting the schedule up there. Um, Shane did not come through on his end of that deal. I didn't help him either last week by telling him to start the wrong quarterback. But we'll start off with my team. Uh, who would you start this week of the vaunted wide receivers of the Desert Dogs, Corey Davis or Jarvis Landry? I don't think you can sit Jarvis Landry. I don't know. I feel like you have to play him. He stinks, man. does, but I don't know. I just feel like you can't give up on him. Was this a joke question? Was this planted? What do you mean? <laughs> I gotta start one I of them. Because I, I, I rag on him. Like, Corey Davis showed up last week and, and helped you get the W when I, I thought after the Thursday matchups... Without Gurley, with only getting 10 points from Kamara, you were toast. And then, you know, lo and behold, the guy that we all made fun of for you drafting, Corey Davis, comes through and, and pulls out the W for you. Um, and Landry's Landry. Landry. Really talented wideout, just doesn't seem to be a part of the game plan in Cleveland for for whatever reason. So, I mean, I, I would probably ride the hot hand with Davis. Yeah, it's not a joke question, um, and yeah, Davis gets credit for being the last one to put up the point totals, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, many thanks to Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Jones for doing the work uh, before Davis on Monday night to even put me in that position. But I, I think I think Davis PR'd on Monday, right? Wasn't that his highest total of the season, like out of nowhere? Um, it, it was like first or second, yeah. He'd only gone double digits twice all year before, and I needed him to have a double digit outing. So, what, did it, what did he get you? Twenty? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Tore up the four, and he tore up the Patriots in week ten. Yeah, and and the Eagles. Um, yeah, I know. As soon as he caught that touchdown, I went to bed. That's all I know. So, but yeah, I think I'm going to start Davis this week. I'm. I think you want to ride the hot hand, the target share. Um, and just hope that Davis catches more balls than, I don't know. May, Mayfield looks great, but I, I just can't use Jarvis right now, I don't think. So, do either of you guys have any concerns about, uh, Todd Gurley's tweaked ankle? Um, I do a little bit, but just, uh, it's like his usage rate's going to go down a little bit. I'm not concerned that he's... Hurt, hurt, but I just want to think they want to make sure he's healthy for for the playoffs. So I, I think he instead of getting a ridiculous twenty eight points a week or whatever he was averaging, <laughs> uh, maybe that drops to twenty more reasonable. <laughs> I'm not concerned. I, I think he's still and and every week elite RB1 and that, and that's not going to change maybe he doesn't average 25 points maybe he averages 15 to 20 instead but he's still a locked and loaded guy that you feel good about and then if anything gets worse with his ankle cause had had done some careful planning and already has the handcuff in place with Brown that 
you know, any three of us could get 10 points in that Rams offense uh, at the running back position if we get that share of carries. It was odd watching uh, that Rams-Chiefs game, which, instant classic, favorite game I've ever watched in my life. Um, so much fun. But it was odd, like... No, wait a second. You're telling me this beats the Chiefs-Colts game? Come on. <laughs> watching, watching Gallon passed out in Phil's apartment? <laughs> off his, he was off, just drunk. Off his multivitamin? <laughs> Come on. Um, that was fun. That that was a fun game, but um, th- this was, for, for a regular season game, that was the most fun I've had watching a regular season game, I should say. Um... <laughs> But it was odd, like, no one on the broadcast talked about it because Witten and Booger are inept. Um, so neither of them talked about the fact that Gurley's out there and they're just literally not handing him the ball, like, completely avoiding him in this game where they're trying to run the clock out because they have the lead and they're throwing the ball every down because they literally can't hand it to Gurley, but they don't want to take him out of the game because they don't want people to you know, know that he's injured and maybe go after him or stuff like it was just it was weird how they, they played him through that, um, but just didn't really use him at all. It was kinda of weird. I don't know if you guys watched like the whole game, but same thing. I was like, especially at the end of the game, I mean, you, that's usually his go time, like, hey, we know we have the lead, we're we're just gonna try to run this clock down. They weren't even giving up the ball. Yeah. You have the best put probably on the field, like why, why is he not ball? Especially on that last possession. They, they ran three plays and needed one first down to like end it. And they didn't even give him a run. They didn't even give him a carry. <laughs> Full disclosure, I didn't get to watch it down in that game, unfortunately. I had been up the whole night before with my newborn. So I was in bed by 8 o'clock. And it's a huge regret, of course. But nothing I could do about it. I've watched it twice now because I actually... Um got a one-week trial of NFL Game Pass and rewatched the game again on the condensed version in 45 minutes. It was sick. So so what you're saying is you're going to be studying film for the draft next year. I got the free trial um, debating actually buying a subscription for, for the year. And yeah, I figure I got I to get some... Target's going to be bigger next year, so I got to get an edge on you guys. Well, it pays for itself when you win the league again next year. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> I uh, I don't have much of the the money left because I had to pay out my baseball league. So I'm really hoping I I win, so I don't have to pay out of my own pocket to people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your Phil Lindsay outlook for 2019? He's probably too expensive to be a keeper for T Bag, um, but this guy's pretty good, I think, and we've made fun of him a lot in the podcast just because. I think Shane had to reach for him to be uh, the running back that Shane needed, um, but he's actually ended up being everything you've wanted in a running back and more. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much the one good decision I made this year uh, was getting him. It's just I, I now looking back, kind of regret going the, the $34 that I went on him um, when I could have got him for, I believe it was, I think the next highest was what, like 15 or 16 or something like, something like that, maybe even lower. Um, yeah, but you were you were desperate, and there's no way you could have known that. Like you, you absolutely had to get that guy. Yeah, I you mean, didn't have a, you didn't have a choice. You were rolling out C.J. Anderson and, and Doug Martin as RB ones and twos that first week. 
it's easy, easy to say in hindsight, like I regret it, but it's like, hey, if I could have got this guy for, for 15 bucks, I mean, he's my locked-in keeper for next year. Um, and at this point, I mean, at, 30, at 34, looking at my roster, he still has a possibility of being a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, come, come, come next season, though, they're still going to give. They, they used to what, – what, what round did they draft Royce Freeman in? He's still going to have preferential treatment coming into camp next year. They're still going to give him every shot, whereas Lindsey's more of the journeyman. So, you know, every every down that Lindsey plays over Freeman, the, the GM and, and that coaching staff looks, looks inept. So I, I think his time's going to be limited. At, at the very least, they're going to give – Freeman another chance next year to, to take over the load, but um, I think I think Lindsay surprisingly is a superior back and obviously has been more productive this season. I mean, just watching the games, Lindsay is much better than Freeman. He, he's a much better player, um, and I don't know that it takes that what you just said to make it seem like Vance Joseph is inept. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty certain he is. So. <laughs> How mad are you um, if you're Broncos or Cowboys fans, like? These two teams are going to backdoor their way into the playoffs because of the rest of the teams around them, and they're not going to get to fire Vance Joseph and Jason Garrett. <laughs> yeah. The Broncos have the softest schedule I've ever seen down the stretch here. Like, if they don't make the, if they don't make the playoffs, something something went really wrong. More 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 on the Broncos coming up when we get to. Um, Eddie's team because I have some thoughts. So, um, all right. Will Aaron Rodgers be a fifteen plus dollar keep QB, QB next year in the draft? Will someone be willing to pay more than fifteen dollars for that clown? Well, I'm done with that clown, so it's not going to be me. Yeah, <laughs> Phil's done with that clown. He's been done with that clown for about three or four years now. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got nobody around him. He's got to throw his receivers open, and he's kind of a head case, which he's getting exposed this season. I know people love him. I, I know he gets the rushing yards or at some point does. Um, he's got all the talent in the world, but at some point, I think he's got to shoulder some of the blame for, for what's happening in Green Bay. He can't, he can't point it all at McCarthy, right? McCarthy was able to turn around Favre's career. He, he's not inept. He knows what he's doing. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, I'm not going to be on the Rodgers bidding war next season. Not being said, for eight or nine bucks, I, I'm all in. But if it gets above that, I'm out. Well, McCarthy stinks. I completely agree with that. And he will have a new head coach next year. Um, just comes a time when it's time to part ways with, with a coach. I mean, Tony Dungy's a great coach, and he got fired twice I think so um, but I if I ever hear anybody put Aaron Rodgers name in the goat conversation ever again I'm gonna snap like this dude is so much more Dan Marino than Tom Brady it's not even funny um, I think he's massively overrated and I'm just tired of it like I'm so tired of hearing about Aaron Rodgers and he, he, he's, he's just a shit teammate. Yeah, like terrible. He, 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 he's, he's just a dick. He's the second like worst how teammate. Many, how many receivers come out and say that when they retire? He, he's just a jerk. He's the second worst teammate as a quarterback I've ever seen. So. <laughs> Who's number one? Jeff George? No, it's and it's not close because I heard what 
your quarterback on the Steelers talked about this morning, um, yesterday, in his weekly radio spot, and he's the worst. This dude sucks as a teammate. Oh, yeah. They asked really? him, they asked him about the interception at the end of the game and he said, "Well, first off, we got to call a better play there. I th- I thought we should have went four times in a row to Juju at the goal line. And second, Antonio's got to run a better route there. He extended his route to the back of the end zone and he sh- he, he can't you can't flatten that route out there. You got to you got to come come back and get the football." Like, dude, that got picked off by a defensive tackle. So not only you've now thrown your offensive coordinator under the bus, you've thrown James Conner under the bus because they ran the ball on second down instead of throwing to Juju like you think they should have. And then you threw your all-pro, all-world wide receiver under the bus because you threw a, a ball at a defensive lineman's waist. And if he didn't catch it, the guy standing right behind him was going to catch it. Like, I'm so tired of this dude, too. So... That, those well, are my remember, thoughts. When he's criticizing his offensive coordinator, he's run every offensive coordinator out of town. He is the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. So when when they call a play, he he calls what he wants. He's he's um, a joke. He's an absolute joke. So that was a run. That was a run pass option, and that was just it was an atrocious throw. If it's not there, how do you not throw it away? And you have two more downs to, to knock it in the end zone, or one more down, or whatever it was. It's not and his that, fault. It was, it, was, it was just a horrible throw, and he doesn't want to take responsibility for it. He, he, there's always something a little, little bit off about him. He, he, he he's a, he's a gunslinger. He's got exceptional talent, but he, he's kind of a diva too. Oh, he said that too. In, in a lot of ways, he's similar to Aaron Rodgers. Not quite as talented. He's bigger, can take more hits, but very similar. He he called himself a gunslinger in that interview too, because they asked him if he had any concerns about his 12 interceptions thrown this year. And he compared himself to a three-point shooter in the NBA. He said, "I got to keep shooting." So, like, I, yeah, I'm. There's two quarterbacks in the NFL this year that have a worse passer rating inside the red zone than Ben Roethlisberger. Their names are Case Keenum and Blake Bortles. So that's all you need to know about Big Ben and why that team isn't eleven and one coming into the week instead of eight and three. So. Those are my yeah, thoughts. Th- I mean, th- th- disappointing. Um, and they always seem to regress in some of these games. He just he, he, he's too loose with it. He, he I mean the Jacksonville. The, the, I mean let's face the playoff game. He spotted Jacksonville fourteen points with with the fumble and, and the interception, and you know spot a great defense like Jacksonville had fourteen points. You're not gonna win a game like that. It's just not it's not possible when you when you're playing on the road at Denver. And they give up four turnovers. Now, they weren't all his fault. Two of them were definitely not his fault. But you can't you, you can't win like that. You've got to be more careful with it. And I understand there's a risk-reward, and he takes a lot of risks. But they have a great offense, like a, a fantastic offensive line. They have the ability to run the ball. They have the ability to check down and nickel and dime you all the way down the field. There's no reason for them to be playing the high-risk gunslinger football that, that Ben's been preaching. Shane loves Big Ben, though, so we should stop talking about him. I'm a Big Ben fan. I think he's good. But back to the question, I think Rodgers <laughs> will right around 15. Um, I'm, I, will, I will say that I think part of the problem is he, I don't think he's been healthy all year since that knee injury. That's really played a, played a factor. Um, I think... 
way that he normally gets his points, I mean, he, he, he gobbles up those rushing yards, and it's just not been the case this year. Um, I think his most yards rushing this year has been like 30 in a game, and he's only done it like once. He's only been over like 15 yards like three times. <laughs> so, like, I mean, usually he's a guy you can count on for 20, 30 yards just about every game on the ground, and that's not the case this year. And usually a rushing touchdown as well every, like, four or five times a year, at least. Yeah. As, you know, how many rushing touchdowns Rodgers has this year? One. Is it zero? <laughs> so, I mean, that's been the difference. That's what that's where it usually separates him, and it just hasn't been the case. And with that being said, he's still number nine. He's still been a top-ten quarterback without having a rushing touchdown, though. So. I'm not as concerned as you guys make it out to be. I think he goes back into a top five guy next year. I think he's a, he's a great player. It's it's more of the, the situation that he's in. If he had Goff's weapons, he'd be the number one quarterback by far. But he doesn't. He's got you know these hyphenated receivers that would never <laughs> see the field anywhere else because Green Bay can't attract any free agents. That's uh, funny. They they just signed Jimmy Graham. These hyph- oh, yeah, he was a real hot commodity. These hyphenated receivers. I love it. That's the first time I've ever heard them called that. Um, all right, so who wins dogs versus teabag? I'll take the dogs. Dogs, no reason not to. Yeah, I mean, just playing for straight-up pride this week, and... Uh dogs and it's not close and there's no reason that it should be <laughs> <laughs> alright Seawolves Pats other meaningless game on the schedule um, are you starting to get worried about James Conner at all and his production two stinkers in a row I'm worried I'm, I'm smashing the panic button over here not that I have anybody to replace him with but it, some of this stuff has just been weird I, I, don't, I don't know He's got a little bit of like a, he runs hard, but he's got a little bit of like a scat back quality to him where he seems to not be able to absorb some of the hits that you expect from a power runner. Panicking a, a little bit. Um, no, I'm not panicking. Not at all. That's because there's three certainties in your life, Shane. Death, taxes, and Pittsburgh running back. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they're one of the few teams left in the league that, when it comes down to it, they will let their running back out there for all three downs, and they will let him touch the ball 20 times. So I think that this is more of an aberration, and he will be just fine coming down the strip. Yeah, I guess those I mean, those were two of the more difficult matchups. Jacksonville, you knew Jacksonville being out of the playoffs, um, their Super Bowl was going to be trying to knock off the Steelers. There's a lot of bad blood between those two teams. So you knew that would still be a tough game. And for whatever reason, the Steelers always struggle in Denver. Um, that's another kind of weird NFL rivalry, uh, Pittsburgh and Denver. So uh, not the easiest of two games. Be interested to see how he does this week against another pretty decent defense in the Chargers. Um I mean, the volume's going to be there, but just a little concerned about the production. He had a blip like this earlier in the year for 
uh, two weeks or so and ended up being okay. So maybe nothing to be worried about. He's, he's still a top five running back, right? This year? Right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just in terms of like weekly production, even with two blips. I, I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't call him top five. Um, but he's close. He's right no, outside. I, I, I mean, like the numbers. Like, is he actually top five in scoring? I can't. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, he's six. Five okay. top five are Gurley, Kamara, McCaffrey, um, Saquon, and Melvin Gordon in some order. All right, um, we just spoke about how Aaron Rodgers may or may not be overrated. Um, did you know the only other quarterback in the history of the NFL with a 100-plus passer rating is Russell Wilson? Um, so Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the only two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL with a passer rating over 100 through however many games the minimum is. Um, so how underrated is Russell Wilson as a quarterback. He, he still has to deal with the same stuff that, that Rodgers does and that there's just nobody surrounding him out, out there. I mean, the offensive line leaves a bit to be desired. The, the right wide receiver core, I mean, Hugo Baldwin, who's injured, Lockett, it has been the go-to receiver out there, and, and he's, he's terrible. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they've got... <laughs> I, I feel bad for the guy. He's in the same position that Rodgers is, that super, super talented But in, in, in the fantasy world. He's having an okay year, but in a lot of these other offenses, he, he'd be a lot more desirable and put up a lot better numbers. And there's just there's nobody out there. He, he's a product of them investing so much in their defense over the last years in both draft, cat, or, um, draft picks and, and salary cap uh, free agent acquisitions that, you know, he, he's, he's, luck, he's stuck with pretty much nothing. Yeah, I mean, his whole career now, like, who's the best receiver he's ever had? It's, got, it's Doug Baldwin, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the number one guy that he's had now. Like, that's it. Like, other than that, like, I mean, who, who's he been throwing the ball to? Like, just nobody's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this guy, I mean, I, Russell Wilson's a Hall of Fame quarterback to me. I mean, this guy is <laughs> incredible. Uh, if you just watch the game, he just—he's just incredible what he does. Um, just makes plays that just other people just can't can't make. Uh, he, I mean, I—I I don't even know what the question was, but Russell Wilson to me is <laughs> easily easily a Hall of Fame quarterback. So twenty-five touchdowns, five picks this year. He's single-handedly willing this team. Um, into the playoffs and watching him week to week, like you said, Shane, he's incredible. Um, and yeah, he is in the same boat as Rogers, but he doesn't bitch about it. Um, and he goes out there and makes things happen. And he always has positive body language. He's always willing and encouraging his teammates instead of like the mustached king up in the north that likes to sit and pout on the bench when his kicker turner runs the ball out and fumbles. Like it, I'm just so tired of that Rogers stick, but. Um, Getting back to Wilson, yeah, I, I think he's great, and I think Seattle's going to be in the playoffs, and I think it's solely going to be uh, because of that man's play this year. So, let, let me ask a follow-up question to that, since it's relevant. 
You mentioned, um, what, what's their rookie running back's name? Rashad Penny? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. You mentioned him as a potential league winner. Do you, do you still feel that way I going into this week? I didn't mention that. Eddie did, I thought. Oh, I thought, I thought it was you. I hope I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was also curious how he's going to be a league winner sitting on the Seawolves. No, I, I hope I didn't say that. You know who might be a league winner, though? Chris Carson. Yeah, he's good. We, we all laughed. We all laughed straight up when he got traded for Julio. Yep. Speaking of guys that were traded for Julio, did you guys know C.J. Anderson is no longer on the Panthers? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, I, yeah. He just he just got tried out by somebody. Yeah, he worked out for the line. He worked out for the Lions today. And I'm like getting this notification on my phone. I wanted to be like, he's still in the Panthers. <laughs> Apparently, they well, cut I him. him yesterday because I was trying to make fun of Shane's draft. And I saw that he was still on the Panthers, so he must have gotten cut in the last 24 hours, or they just didn't update his Wikipedia page in time because nobody else cares. Yeah, or had them in fantasy. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the Patriots. Uh, speaking of hyphenated receivers, what what happened to Valdez Scantling? That guy was good for a couple weeks, and now he's a stiff. Now it's St. Brown, Equimania, Equinamius, St. Brown. <laughs> yeah, he was flash in the pan. Um, he's he's not playing significant time anywhere else. Uh, probably a regression more towards the the average of, of what was to be expected of him. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's any good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, I don't think either of them are any good. Brown, Saint Brown, or I mean, they're just not good football players. <laughs> they're being thrust into roles where they're supposed to be significant significant contributors on a team and they're not talented at all so <laughs> Valdez Scantling second best hyphenated receiver in the NFL behind Juju Smith-Schuster so it's a large gap between number one and two in the NFL uh, next question for Papa Kaz's team I know Matt Stafford is done as the St. Louis Patriots quarterback he will not be back in town next year um, is there potential that Matt Stafford could be done in Detroit as well? I'm hearing uh, possible rumors of Detroit moving on from him in the offseason trying to trade that contract. This question, this is funny that you put this together because it's extremely relevant to a trade that I offered earlier in the year. When I saw Stafford getting rolled out there as the Patriots quarterback, I said, do you want Russell Wilson for your up-and-coming running back, Sony Michelle, and obviously he said, no way, I already have an offer for Mark Ingram plus max draft cash for him that for some reason he didn't take at the time. But I will say that Matt, I think Skip Bayless calls him Matt Statford, is done in, in Detroit. He, he's a guy that they call the play, he gets up to the line, it could be a running play, there could be 10 guys in the box, He's not going to change it. He doesn't care. He's calling whatever the offensive coordinator throws out there. He's going through the motions. He's collecting his huge contract, and then he's going to call it a day. This guy, he's got all the arm talent in the world. I, I just, I don't think he really cares all that much. I mean, on the same token, we just talked about Wilson and Rodgers. Like, can we go the exact opposite with Matt Stafford about how he's just been absolutely made by the players around him. <laughs> I mean, he had the luxury of just playing his first, well, five seasons or whatever it was with Calvin and just made him into a a good quarterback just for the fact that he was 
just wide open all the time. And then he gets to play with, I mean, not that they're anywhere near Calvin Johnson, but I mean, he gets to play with, with Marvin Jones and, and Golden Tate, who are pretty good receivers in their own right. Um, I don't know. I feel like this guy's just been in the right place put up the numbers and stats that he has and he stayed remarkably healthy but if I wanted to win football games there's no way I would want him as my quarterback um alright so I, I hear everything you guys are saying um I I personally am I like Matt Stafford think he's okay I, I agree that he's not obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not Russell Wilson, um, and yeah, he's had great players around him. But um, think about how terrible the Lions would be if they didn't have him. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I got to jump in there. I, I, I got to challenge you on that. What else? What other opportunity do you need to see to move on from Matt Stafford? When do you just give up on a guy? What, who? What other pieces do you have to throw out there? I mean, well, how if many you, playoffs yeah. wins that does Matt Stafford have? I, I know they came into a horrible situation where it was a winless team and, and they were terrible, but they have real players there now. They have real wide receivers. They have real running backs that they've invested in, and they're still not any good. So who's the problem? Is it is it Matt Patricia? Probably. Is it uh, the Jim Schwartz era? Probably. But he deserves some of the blame too, and I think we've seen enough to say – it's time to move on. Well, yeah, he didn't play very well on Thursday, and that's what's bringing up a lot of this conversation is the whole country watched him at 12.30 on Thanksgiving. But if you've watched more than five minutes of Lions football this year, this guy gets swallowed up every other play by a defensive lineman. They literally can't block Shane if he was on the as a DN. Like, it, this team is so bad in giving him any kind of protection. Uh, they trade away Golden Tate. They don't sign Eric Ebron back at tight end, and he's like leading the whole world in touchdowns. So, I, I, you say but they he, put all these Ebron, weapons. Ebron was a bust in Indianapolis or in, in Detroit. Okay, he's he a, bust a bust in Detroit. He's had, he's had more touchdowns through twelve games than he had in his entire Detroit career. Okay, is that he Ebron's fault? He, he leaves Matt Stafford, and he's a superstar. Does he leave Matt like, Stafford? Does he what, find what, a coach who knows how to use him? Stafford's trash. What a, like it's time to move on. Get somebody else in there. Give some young blood another opportunity. There's there. Stafford is absolutely a top sixteen quarterback in the NFL. He's he's in the Stop top it. half of the NFL. Stop it. Stop it. Problem with is like if you so you get rid of Matt Stafford, like you're more than likely looking at who wins next year. <laughs> like most likely, right? Oh, like, I mean, if you, horrible. Like in a, what, what quarterback are you going to get? Like, you're not going to get anyone. Like, you're going to have to go through the draft. Like, you're, you're starting over pretty much is what you're saying. Well, but, if they could, I'm, I'm assuming that, like, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. Like, would Oakland trade maybe the number three pick knowing that they're done with Carr for Stafford? And would, would Gruden try to run it with, you know, like Gruden loves old guys, obviously. So would Gruden be willing to... You know, put it behind Stafford for five years and try to try to make a quicker thing than try to find a quarterback in this draft that's terrible. I mean, Oakland's made some lopsided trades. I think trading the number three overall pick for Matt Stafford would be by far the worst. I don't see it happening. 
I agree with what you're saying, Shane, in that moving on from him likely means that they're going to have a bad year next year, but you either do it next year or you, yeah. you wait and you do it three years from now after a few more eight and eight seasons. I think you get it out of the way, you pull the Band-Aid off, you, 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 you start accepting, hey, we've got some Gallaudets of the world that, that are pretty talented. It, it's time for us to build around those guys, move on from the old regime in, in Stafford and, and roll the dice on somebody else. The GM also has to have confidence that there's someone in that building that can develop a young quarterback. And if I'm being honest, he's going to look at Matt Patricia and Jim Bob Cooter and say, "What? Well, I can't deal with what I have here. So, <laughs> Yeah, which is fair. When you, uh, for some reason, they hired a defensive guy in an increasingly offensive world uh, to be the head coach and a, a defensive guy that probably was on his way out in New England. To, to, to be perfectly honest um, yeah I mean, he, he's probably another decision that needs to be evaluated too uh, you probably need a clean slate and you have some young town on the roster to work with but you, you gotta you gotta do something different because this isn't working there, there's a couple teams that need quarterbacks this offseason and it's not a, a good quarterback draft um, so I could just see I could see Jacksonville or Oakland, or maybe New York, um, trying to make a move for Stafford this offseason. That happens from time to time. The, remember the golf, the Wentz draft, that wasn't supposed to be a good quarterback draft, and it ended up being okay with two franchise guys. But it, there's still some time. All right. Anything else on Stafford, Shane? Nope. All right. Who wins? Seawolves, Pats. Um, no bigger Patriots fan, but I'm gonna take the Wolves. I, I I think I start to average out my win totals here. Unfortunately, it's it's way too late. I'll take the Wolves. I'll take the Patriots because I don't like the Wolves. So <laughs> doesn't sound personal at all. <laughs> I should say I like the Patriots more than the Wolves. All right, Weevils versus Curtain. Uh, this game still has some relevance. Like I said, some seeding can move around. I think Eddie's locked into the three, um, but there is still potential for Bull to fall back to the six. So we'll start off with the Weevils. Uh, who do you like better tomorrow night? Uh, Drew Brees at Dallas or Zeke at home against New Orleans? So they're playing each other? Correct. That's a fa- fancy way of saying they're playing each other. Um I'm a big Zeke guy. I, I think there is a very clear formula on how the Cowboys need to win. And Zeke getting 100 yards and 20 touches and it heavily involved in the offense is the only way they know that they can win. I know Thanksgiving was probably more of an outlier, in my opinion. But for the Cowboys to win, Zeke's got to get those numbers. And I think he's going to be relied on, whereas the Saints seem to be game plan specific where this could be a Kamara Ingram game and Breeze could have 120 yards and a W. Give me Zeke. Um, give me Zeke as well. And hot take. Also take the seven and a half points with Dallas in this game. That is an easy cover. You heard it here first. Um, any, any reason or just got Got a feeling. Dallas, if I was feeling frisky, maybe even the money line. <laughs> but 
loses this game by no more than four points. Um, I'll take Breeze. The Saints are going to shit on the Cowboys tomorrow night. Um, Demarcus Lawrence came out talking some real smack about the Saints, saying that you got to hit a mother effer in the mouth and you'll find out who they really are and all that stuff. And um, I think Sean Payton's going to take Jason Garrett to school tomorrow night. So Hit me up after the show for a gentleman's wager, Shane. Cowboys, so I'm feeling, already feeling pretty bad about what I just said. <laughs> uh, Julio and OBJ, tough matchups this week. Julio, I think, is at Baltimore, and OBJ, I think, is at Chicago. Um, do you expect either one of these guys to excel in these tough matchups this week? Yeah. <laughs> I expect Julio to do really well. <laughs> okay. Julio is going to have... 13 catches, 120 yards, nothing inside the 20-yard line. I, I, I like Julio this week. I, OBJ, there, there's obviously some friction there uh, on, on the Giants' sideline. Obviously one of the most talented guys out there, but I, I, I prefer Julio. Is Baltimore not a tough matchup? Um, I think that defense is a little, little overrated. But yeah, I, I don't. The matchup particularly matters when Julio's at home. I see Baltimore as more of a relevant fantasy defense than, than real life defense. Um, just, just in my opinion, there's not a whole lot of players on, on their side of the ball that scare me. So I, that's what that's why I prefer Julio. That's fair. Uh, I would probably probably prefer Julio um, over OBJ out of those two, just because. Manning should be um, in Khalil Mack's lap all all game long. So um, that could that could be ugly, right? That one could get ugly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. This could be the week where uh, maybe they say, "All right, we're gonna maybe go to a different quarterback." Um, I could see Eli not making it out of this one alive. Uh, let's move over to Steel Curtain. My my question. This is when I was gonna go on my Big Ben rant before. We started talking about quarterback teammates and got off way off topic at the first game. But um, we just talked about Julio's quarterback. My opinion was you have to play Big Ben um, at home in a primetime game against the Chargers rather than playing Matt Ryan on the road at Baltimore. Absolutely. You in your lineup right now. Yeah, it's not close. Everybody knows you play Big Ben at home always. All right, that was easy. Um, and then, I know Eddie's notorious for not looking at his lineup until Thursday morning and then setting it. So he had Ryan in there, but I wasn't concerned maybe that he would be making the wrong decision. Um, is Chris Goblin good enough to be a flex two on a title winning team as the curtain heads into the playoffs as the three seed? Not in this league, no. That's just because you're. Go ahead, Shane. Sorry. I, I think with the rest of the team that he has, he's fine. But I mean, you're gonna you got to get production from just about everyone if you're gonna beat the Dubs. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> there's there's no way around that. I mean, 
mean, at worst, you're looking at needing 120 points to beat you. <laughs> Everybody has those fantasy moments every season where you reflect on how your season's gone, how you got to where you are, what the future looks like. Two weeks ago, I'm staring at Doug Martin and Chris Godwin getting played out against me, and, and I'm losing to the Steel Curtain. No, no offense to Eddie, but that was like my Jesus Christ. If I can't win against these guys, I can't win against anybody, and, and I lost. So to me, Chris Godwin was somebody I picked up earlier in the year, dropped him because the completely inconsistent production. I, I don't think he has any spot on a, a championship-winning team and uh, just kind of goes to show how top-heavy his team is. Yeah, I, I was surprised because I've had a lot of respect for Eddie's team this year. And when I was building the podcast agenda this morning, um, I was surprised to see Chris Godwin like in his starting lineup. I always thought of Eddie's team as you know being being one of the deeper starting lineups in the league. Uh, Godwin's been been fine this year. I mean, he's thirtieth wide receiver, so arguably he's been a flex play all year. Um, but, yeah, you'd like to see someone a little better than that um, in the flex spot as you're heading into the playoffs here. Uh, let's move over to... All right, so that's it. Who wins? Weevils versus Curtin. Six-game streak on the line for the Curtin. I'll take the Weevils, though. Give me the Weevils. Take the Weevils. All right. How about Bull? Let's, let's see a Bull round of applause. First year making the playoffs, fourth year into the league. Um, him and hopefully Ty um, breaking their breaking their playoff drought. So what happens when you get aggressive at the deadline. You add pieces, you make some moves, yeah. get a few trades vetoed, stir thing, some things up. Good for you, Bull. Congrats. All right, All right. Hammer versus Mad Dogs. Proud of you, Dylan. <laughs> Hammer versus Mad Dogs. We'll start off with the Hammer. Um, Dak or Brady? Never thought I'd be asking that question. <laughs> sad, man. It's just sad. You look at both of those and there's a good chance neither of them get above 200 yards this week. Um, I, 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 th- I think I'd go Brady. Um... Thomas F. and Brady at home. Big game against the Vikings. Big game. Shane, is this the end? Is this year the end of the era? I think it is. I think this is the last year. It's crazy, crazy to think about, man. This guy has been in our lives for 20 years as a quarterback. Tom versus time, baby. Yeah, like it's just, it's wild to think about that, you know, this, this may be the end. Watched a lot of Patriots games, obviously, and uh, he looks old. I think this is this is it. You think he plays next year? Um, yeah, yeah, but I I, don't, I think that the production level is slowly. I mean, obviously, if Belichick's still there, they're still going to be a a viable team. But the production for Tom is you can just see it. He looks old. All right, um, I will. 
I'll agree with you, but hesitantly, um, that he should play Brady this week. Dax looked really good, and the rushing yards and possible rushing touchdown are nice. Um, but yeah, huge game for Brady, and uh, they they need to start putting some wins together in big games because they need they need a they need a buy and they need a home game in the playoffs. Yep. All right. Uh, Butler obviously still has a playoff shot, but where do you guys think he should turn his attention to? For next season, looking at that roster for keepers, he's down twenty five bucks, uh, and not a lot of cheap options on the table. So, what are you guys thinking the hammer should be looking at for next year? Trading <laughs> for someone, <laughs> but I don't know what he can do. Yeah. So, what are what are the prices of Hopkins Green? Fournette. Green's gonna be like else. Green's gonna be like seventy seventy four, I think. Um, yeah. So you're not doing that. Hopkins, I believe, will be forty five. Um, so still a possible keeper, in my opinion. Um, and Fournette, I think, will be like um, uh, thirty two, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Be Fournette and Hopkins then. Or or Hopkins and somebody that's out there on the wire that you want to take a chance on. So if he's looking to save some money, um, I'd probably say Fournette can go as a keeper, maybe. Um, and then he'd have to look at Tariq Cohen or Tevin Coleman. Uh, there's probably no chance Jordan Howard's back in Chicago next year. And not that Cohen's going to be the lead back, but... Um, Cohen will still have a prominent role on that team. And Coleman's going to be elsewhere probably as the feature back. Um, so those would be two guys he can definitely look at on the cheaper end for his team. Yep. But I think Hopkins is still in play at 45. Like you said, Phil, uh, you kept Le'Veon Bell um, at 175 and Martavis Bryant one year and still made the title game. So. Yeah, Hopkins is going to go for 80 if he gets tossed back in the draft. So... At 45 and an elite, you're looking at a top three guy, a top five guy at the position. I, I, I think, I think to me, no brainer. You have to keep him. But I know people view elite talent different ways. So Hopkins would look damn good in a Desert Dogs uniform next year. I know that. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine the Desert Dogs with some wide receiver talent? Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Um. <laughs> All right, more, more another overrated, underrated question. Is Devontae Adams the most underrated wide receiver in football? I believe he's um, number three in fantasy uh, right now. He's, he's probably one of the most, I, w- I would definitely say underrated, least talked about top productive guys out there. I feel like I haven't heard his name at all this season and it's just more of him being a staple and, and, and being so good I would agree that he's by far the most underrated wide receiver in football I can't think of anybody that's even close the answer is yes he is um, I know you guys will laugh at me I think in my opinion the close second the closest second is probably Julian Edelman because no one ever talks about him but I think it's I think it's Devontae Adams and not particularly close. 
Yeah, I'm having a little more of an appreciation for Edelman this year, too. Um, just how you appreciate, as you watch more football, the steadiness of certain players. Um, so, like you said, he's got that safe baseline of 10 every week, Edelman. Not real flashy, um, not really appreciated at all. So I agree, Edelman's probably up there as well, but um, it's not real close between him and Adams um, in terms of uh, being underrated. So Adams, 10 touchdowns already this year through 12 weeks. Uh, just incredible. And I think like two or three years ago, this guy literally couldn't catch. Like, he was horrible. Um, they were throwing to Cobb and Nelson every play, and Adams was just really bad. So He, he was a second-round pick out of uh, Fresno State. Is that it? He was uh, a Fresno State guy because when the Packers, I forget what, they didn't play Oakland this year, but um, it might have been a preseason game. Adams was thrown with Carr pregame, and Nelson was thrown with Rodgers pregame. It was kind of funny. Uh, Nelson was throwing. Yeah, Nelson was throwing for Rodgers. All right. How do you guys feel about Josh Adams, uh, Eagles running back, flex one play for the Mad Dogs? Do you guys like Josh Adams rest of the season? I do. I, I, I think, you, yeah, I think you have to like him just process of a, a, a elimination. There's nobody else that can carry the rock. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to give the guy 22 carries, I'm all in. <laughs> if I can slot that guy in my in my flex spot, I'll, I'll take a guy that's going to get 22 carries for sure. Um, not expecting him to have huge RB1 numbers, but certainly, certainly a guy that you can start the rest of the way. Definitely helps out a Mad Dogs team that's been hurting at the running back position. Um, since trading Lamar Miller and holding on to Alex Collins. So acquiring Adrian Peterson at the deadline um, and acquiring uh, Josh Adams, Duke Johnson, Theoretic, and Waivers, he's kind of pieced together a, a reasonable starting lineup that's allowed him to have a chance to, to get into the playoffs this weekend. So nice job on that end, Micah. Uh, who wins, Hammer versus Mad Dogs? Give me the Mad Dogs. A lot on the line here. Um, the Hammers playoff streak on the line. Only team that's made it every year. I'm going to take the Hammer. I will also take the Hammer. I watched Butler in 2011 win a drawing on a Thursday night at the Goose House to get a free cruise sponsored by Bud Light. So I've <laughs> never met a dude in my life that's luckier than this man. So I think he uh I think he's gonna win and I think he's gonna get the help he needs to get in. Alright, Clan versus Park. Uh this game's important for Fegley. He needs to win to give himself a shot at still winning the division. Um, he needs to win and Spears needs to lose. Who do you think has a better game for the clan this week? Matt Breida, Austin Eckler, or James White? 
Give me Eckler all day, baby. Uh, that guy's going to run the show this week now with Melvin Gordon now. I, I love the matchup against the Steelers. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Eckler, and it's not close. Give me James White. I'll take White, too. Big big game for the Patriots. They need to win. Uh, the James White uh, breaks get cut loose this week, and he, he's going to be running crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking at least eight catches for White this week. Yeah, and a tutter for sure. Matt Breida stinks, and uh, I, I don't think Eckler can carry a full RB1 workload. So, All right, does Tyreek Hill play in the fourth quarter on Sunday? The Chiefs play Oakland. Second half, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think he plays in the fourth quarter either. I, I don't see a reason for them to run him out there. They they actually play Oakland twice yet this year too. Um, <laughs> so let's move over to Abusement Park. Do you guys feel like that Kenny Galladay is a top ten wide receiver rest of season? Now that Golden Tate's been traded and Marvin Jones is on IR. No doubt. This guy is going to be in every single fantasy, uh, fan duel, and, and draft king lineup. I, I can throw him in the rest of the season. He's a top 10 play, even with Statford at quarterback. Um, top 10 rest away, just outside. Give him like 13. It's close. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't make a list, so I can't yell at you and say, no, he's not there yet. Um, So I'm not really sure if he's definitely top 10 or not, but um, I agree with Phil. He will be in probably every FanDuel lineup I make the rest of the season unless he gets over 8,000. And I. Yeah, he's certainly correct his price. I'm also going to need you to stop referencing Skip Bitless um, on this podcast, so that would be great. Uh, second question for the park, and I'm glad you brought this to my attention the other day. Why is Des Bryant on this roster? He's clearly not keeping Des Bryant because he has David Johnson, Nick Chubb, and Adam Thielen, so why is he on this roster? It's just lazy ownership. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You got to be better than that. Um, who wins, Clan versus Park? I'll take the Clan, and it's not close. Clan doubles him up this week. Oh wow! Um, I am gonna take the Clan. Clean sweep. All right, last game and the most important game of the week: Ice Cream versus Franchise. Both teams absolutely need this one. Um, if Ice Cream loses, they do not win the division, don't get the buy, don't get the, the division cash. Um, if the franchise loses, they cannot make the playoffs. All right, so both teams need to win for different reasons. 
Obviously, Ty needs it a little more than Troy, but I know Troy would like to have that buy, um, lock up the division cash, and guarantee himself the chance to play for at least third place. So we'll start off with uh, Troy and the ice cream. Do you guys think Amari, keep, Amari Cooper can keep this up? Alright, Phil is taking a slight break. His baby is sobbing. Alright, so... Um, Shane, no bigger Amari Cooper fan out there than you. You love Alabama wide receivers. I so. do. Um, yeah, there's no reason Cooper can't can't keep it up. I mean, obviously not to the production they did last week. That was insane. But uh, we've, seen, we've seen Cooper be brilliant for stretches before in his career. And... Uh, He's going to have to be the guy. I mean, they don't really have anyone else to throw the ball to that's consistent and reliable. Um, they need someone to, to release some of the pressure from Zeke, and uh, I think it's going to be him. How much better does he just look, even just physically, on the Dallas? Like, he just looks like a totally different player. He, he looked like the guy that we all thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looked kind of lost in Oakland, like he just lost out there. I mean... Watching that game last week, he, he just looked again like the like a number one guy. Arguably, um, arguably the best move made at the trade deadline um, in our league was Spears picking up Amari Cooper. Yep, yep, yep. Phil's back. All right, uh, Phil, I'm glad you're back for this question because I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, for next year, do you think Troy should keep Patty Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, or Kareem Hunt? Which two of those three? Should he keep? I think it's very clear. You got to keep Mahomes. What is he? A dollar or two dollars? One dollar. He's pretty. He's pretty much redefining how the quarterback position is getting played, and has been by far, well, next to McCaffrey, the, the MVP of the team. And I think you got to keep McCaffrey, based on half PPR, based on his usage. The guy's been. Fin- I mean, I'm going to go here and say he can't mess this up at all. <laughs> like, he can't do yeah. any wrong. <laughs> um, I don't see any reason why Mahomes won't be a top three quarterback next year, if not number one again. <laughs> um, I don't see any reason that McCaffrey won't be a top five back, top six back. Um, I don't know that Kareem Hunt will be any worse than top eight back. So, <laughs> I think he's got to keep McCaffrey and Hunt. I mean, if he if he throws either of those guys back, they go for eighty in our draft next year. And what what was the max Mahomes would go for? Twenty five, thirty. Yeah, I think I think he would be different because of. The gap between him and I don't even know who the quarterback two is is so big, and you're putting up such a big number week in and week out with Mahomes. I think he would be the highest quarterback we've ever seen before. But what's that number? Like, are you saying forty? I think I think he'd go for fifty. I I really struggle to see a quarterback on for fifty in this league. Just because it hasn't happened. In a few years doesn't mean it won't. What did Andrew Luck went for mid thirties? 
Rodgers went from mid-30s that first year. Now Mahomes is at five points more than the next closest quarterback. How much? That's that, that's crazy. How many? 4.7 points more than Drew Brees, who's number two. Per game. Per game. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Still, I still don't think it makes, like, I still think having two stud, two top ten running backs is more valuable. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, what, what's the price tag on McCaffrey? He'll be 47 next year. That's the one that's probably a little, uh, little steep for me. Yeah, and Spears is going to have 15 extra dollars, so I think he starts at 215 next year. Yeah. I mean, having that extra cash probably enables him to do the, the McCaffrey hunt, but I mean, you start, you start getting into the 47 range for, for a keeper running back. That is, that is pricey. What's Gurley at? What's Gurley going to be at next year? 29. You going to keep him? Oh. Yes. All right. McCaffrey and Kamara are on the short list of running backs that can finish better than Gurley next year. That's why I think you have to keep him. All right. We'll talk about the franchise. Can the Gus bus keep rolling? In Baltimore. Um, not this week. Can I talk about how mad I am about the Gus bus? Because I uh, I had had heard about him earlier in the year, and I went looking at the draft from 2018, and I'm like, okay, looking for running backs, looking for running backs, looking for him, looking for him, couldn't find him. Like, whatever, he must be terrible. Unfortunately, undrafted guy that, that I missed out on for a dollar keeper. So I, I think he can. Uh, I, I don't see that much competition, so I, I, I think he can keep it rolling. So you're mad that you, you couldn't add Gus Edwards to potentially keep him over James Conner or Juju Smith-Schuster? Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... I, I think Gus keeps it rolling this week. Um, probably like eighty yards and a score, so good enough. Good enough to be a starter. Uh, other question for the franchise: Lamar Jackson or Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback this week, assuming health is equal in both of them. Mitchell Trubisky, and it's not close. You think Lamar gets exposed? Do you feel like the Ravens get exposed a little bit this week? Yep. You like that four and seven Falcons team? Do. I think uh, I think the Ravens get beat up this week. Very, very possible. Give me Trubisky. Trubisky. All right. Um. I'll take Trubisky, too, just because it's against the Giants, but um, I think it's very close. I don't think he can make the wrong decision here. So, All right, who wins? This is a big one. Ice Cream versus Franchise. Uh, franchise at full strength. Ice Cream as well, but we talked about Mahomes and Hunt. 
and maybe even Sammy Watkins not playing much in the fourth quarter of this one. They may have already done their damage, um, but definitely, definitely is in play here. I'm going to be flat up honest with you. I think Team Shits Ice Cream scores 175 points this week. Wow. No, I don't. <laughs> hmm. right. I'm just eating ice cream. Big ice cream fan. They're going to do it. <laughs> I think I think ice cream has an outside chance of catching you and Fagley both for the for the season long total. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm up like a hundred on him. I know. He has an outside chance of putting up 200-some points this week. Oh, God. Don't say that to me. That makes me want to vomit. Um, I love every one of his matchups. I think I would be shocked if this team doesn't score over 150 this week. I think everyone's scoring a touchdown on his team. (laughs) I'm going to take the ice cream. I really want to pick the franchise. I really want Ty to get in. Been a franchise fan all year. Um, but this is just the absolute worst matchup for him the last week of the season. Um, running into this team with those matchups, it's not, not okay. where you want to be. Matchups and tell me who's not going to score. Um, well, Marlon Mack may not even play. Um, all right, Yeah, I don't think Jeffrey scores um, just because the Eagles stink. And I'm going to say Gergelson doesn't score. But Mahomes is going to score like five times, so it's going to make up for it. McCaffrey's definitely scoring twice. Hunt's definitely scoring. Yeah. Cooper's. Baldwin's going to score. It's going to be a big week. All right, so who will win the LA division? We're saying uh, Ice Cream's going to win the LA division. And I think we're saying, I think uh, Phil said the Mad Dogs will be the final playoff team. And Shane and I said that Butler will get the final playoff spot. All right. Um, and then what will final seeding end up? I guess we said um, that it would be probably Eddie as the three, Clan as the four, Bull as the five, and Hammer as the six. Or Mad Dogs, if uh, Phil said Mad Dogs. So, any arguments there with what I just said? That leaves us with, uh, we're saying Eddie versus Butler in round one and Bagley versus Bull. Yep. I love it. I love it. Eddie versus Butler would be interesting because neither of them have actually won a playoff game yet. <laughs> so that would be, a, that would be a nice matchup. Ooh. A little call out there. I like it. They both know it. I'm not. I'm not telling them anything they don't know. They've. I think they've both actually in their playoff games lost a key player to injury in the first quarter. Anytime they've made the playoffs, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I thought I. I didn't know that. I thought Butler had more success in the playoffs. Nope. Makes it every year and loses in round one. 
Yeah, I don't think he's ever even won his division. He gets in his wild card every year and uh, always loses in round one. He's like the Bengals of uh, of our league. Except the Bengals don't necessarily get in every year. They just can't win. Ouch. Ouch. All right. Prediction. Will I hold on to both top scores, the one week and the season long? I think you hold on to the season long. What's the high? What's the one week? I think it's one eighty-two point nine. Man, Spears has a shot, but you hold on to both. Who'd you put the one eighty-two point nine on? Uh, you. And I loved yep. every second of it. Yeah, yeah. So I think this season, um, or the highest week, is the only one that's in jeopardy. Just, just because of, of Spears' matchups. I think I have like a 38 point lead on Fegley for the uh, for the season long. That's correct. 38.6. Yeah. So Fegley's got to do something special this week to catch. Yeah, I like I have some decent matchups this week too, so I, I like my ability to at least put up some points to hold on to that one. But yeah, after looking at Spears' team, um, that one's definitely in play this week. So. And then finally, uh, playoff party discussion. It's time to start thinking about the playoff party. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the NFL playoffs aren't set yet, but just curious what you guys are thinking as far as if we should try to have a wild card weekend or divisional round weekend. I think we might actually have some decent wild card games this year. Yeah, I kind of feel like both both sides are going to be stacked. Um, as far as wild card games, I don't think we're going to be looking at a Jags Bills. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not gonna, we're not going to get a Houston Cincinnati playoff game, which is really nice. God, Jags Bills, that was a playoff game last year. How? That's just. It was the worst game ever. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Only only to be outdone by Shaq Lawson and Leonard Fournette swinging at each other last week in the <laughs> same matchup. So right now, um, wild card weekend would look like um, Texans Ravens, which is oh God, that's a bad game. Um, yeah. That's definitely the Saturday four o'clock game, and then uh, Steelers Chargers, which that's not real exciting either if it's in Pittsburgh. And then uh, on the NFC side, if the season were to end today, we'd be looking at Bears Redskins <laughs> and Cowboys Vikings. Okay, yeah, let's maybe we go divisional round, then, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not as not as great as I thought it was going to be. I don't think Minnesota. I mean, I don't think Washington holds on. So Bears Seahawks would probably be a game worth watching. Um, and Dallas Vikings would have me excited enough, but the AFC games are clunkers, I think. All bets are off, though. If the Colts get in the playoffs, I'm trying to have that thing wildcard weekend because I'm trying to see Andrew Luck in a playoff game. Maybe we get lucky. Somehow clip the Chiefs and we get Chiefs-Colts first round. That'd be sick. Um, I would love to see... Colts Steelers first round because I think Luck goes into Pittsburgh and beats that team. <laughs> I'm not as high on that 
not as you, but... <laughs> yeah, the Steelers are prone to some mistakes and, and, and a letdown in the playoffs, and then they'll just rinse repeat the next year with Tomlin. World goes round. The only thing is, I know we're not getting Butler or Eddie at the playoff party if the Steelers are on TV. No one, no Steelers fan other than Phil is watching that game with me. I know that, so... Shadiva, prima donnas that are super talented, have no discipline, and to be honest, it's been like amazing TV to watch for the last few years. I can't think of a more dramatic team between the holdouts, between the Facebook live tweeting, whatever the case is. This this team is just full of, of divas that are super talented and, and really fun to watch. I. I almost want to have them have a down year sometime soon so that they'll be on hard knocks because I, I think they'd be that entertaining. <laughs> I couldn't watch Mike Tomlin on hard knocks. No chance. Can't do it. <laughs> I, I tried watching his press conference yesterday. It, it's absurd. He, he, he just, he, he might as well just write, he's like Belichick except, you know, he, he tries to win every press conference. <laughs> The way we played is unacceptable. Can't have it. Got to clean it up. Going to be better next week. They play good on the defensive side of the ball. They play good on the offensive. They attack. It's like, shut up, dude. Just find something else to do. All right. Uh, That's a long podcast, and uh, I think we've all spoken enough. Anything else for the good of the regular season order? Getting to be that time of the year, you know? It's getting pretty exciting. Uh, pretty excited to see what happens here in the last week of the season. See who, uh, see who punches their ticket to the, the dance that last spot. But uh, interested to see who uh, who's going to try to rise to the occasion and take the dogs down. Because uh, uh, I think it's getting closer to not so much a one-team race anymore, though. I, I kind of like some teams out there that, that can give you a run for your money. You know, going back to your keeper question about, like, Mahomes and Hunt, it'll be really interesting to watch that the next few weeks play out because this is that time of the year where the Andy Reid offenses normally just fold like a cheap blanket. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that pace up and, and especially in keeping in mind for keepers next year. Um, I, can't, I can't wait to watch. The, the NFL product is just so phenomenal and so much better than any other sport out there. I really want to see, like, Chiefs, Colts, just inject that into my veins wild card weekend. I can't wait. Yeah, I agree with what you said, Shane. Um, Definitely getting a little further away from it being a one-horse race. I don't uh, don't feel as confident as I've felt in the past um, heading into this one. I don't want to say I'm limping in because I've had some good weeks in the last couple of weeks, but uh, definitely definitely don't feel like I'm the, the odds-on favorite. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I still think your team's the, the best team. It's just, I mean, you, you, obviously we can't beat your running backs. No one can. I mean, Spears is close, but still not there. Um, but he makes up for it in the quarterback, which is where, where I feel like you got to hit. you got to hit on the quarterback. Mm. Um I feel like you have two good options, but you're, you're going to be in that spot where you got to hit on one of them. I'm going to tell you right now, if I get to week 16, I'm going to wake up that morning feeling kind of dangerous. Yeah. 
Yep, he will be at quarterback for me. Baker Mayfield will be starting the SOFFL Super Bowl if I get to week 16. All right, oh my God. Oh, my God. That, 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 that's just poor planning at the trade deadline. Oh, my God, Cincy. I like it. <laughs> yeah. God, I couldn't, I couldn't give Russell Wilson away, and, and, and here he is. Yeah, yeah I, you're right. I, I don't want to play Baker Mayfield at home against a defense that's semi-led by Hugh Jackson. You're right. <laughs> hey, you, you go for it, man. All, all you. You want to trust your season of Baker Mayfield? He was number one overall for a reason. Now he also didn't get a scholarship in college for a reason, but you, you, pick, your, you pick your battles. All right. I think I'll be okay. Appreciate your advice, though. Your track record precedes you. So, well, it's it's, it's too late, right? When, when I wanted Russell Wilson, you said, "Why would I want Russell Wilson? I have Kirk Cousins." You know, I I, I can't argue with that logic. Not nothing I can I can show you that there's value there. But you know, it's your team, and it's your championship, and you're the defending champ. And uh, I think it's 55 wins in a row. With, with, <laughs> Oh, you're breaking up. Sorry, we can't hear you. All right. All right, uh, wrapping it up. Thanks for listening to this super long version of Week 13 podcast. I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving and definitely looking forward to that playoff party and anointing um, another champion in the SOFFL. So let me try to pick... Um, a song to take us out here. Do you guys prefer a song called Dinosaurus or a song called Purple Haze? Purple Haze is Prince, right? <laughs> uh, that's Purple Rain, I think. Haze is the weed. <laughs> yeah, Purple Haze is some something Biggie Smalls was smoking in Brooklyn one day. But all right, Dinosaurus or Purple Haze? Pick one. Dinosaurs and it's not close. Alright, Purple Haze taking us out. Shane running first. This might be Adele. Alright, we're gonna switch over to Dinosaurs. I think this is Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.